Welcome back to Life's a Garden. Today's guest is back for round two. First time we had him on, we had some technical malfunctions, so we weren't able to air the episode, which is very unfortunate because we had a great conversation and we even sampled some hot sauces, which I did put out on episode 78. So if you want to go see that, just go back to episode 78. It's at the very end. But it all worked out this time. We had another good conversation. Uh, we talk about gambling. We talk about Yu-Gi-Oh cards. We talk some sports. So I was glad to see that this episode can actually make the uh, make the cut. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Kane Bordner. How do you like your coffee? What are you drinking there? Coffee, right? Uh, yeah, black rifle coffee. Oh, black. Oh, no, not bad. Yeah, I like some black rifle. Can't you just get that in the can at the gas station? I think the only place I found it is uh, Shields. Oh yeah, yeah. I went there for Christmas shopping. Yeah, they have like a whole back area up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I'm hoping they open up a shop too because they have now they're doing like Starbucks style coffee shops hmm. for the black rifle, and I hope they open one here. That'd be pretty legit. Yeah, I love me some Black Rifle. What's the one... Did you say... Oh, no, you said you only get it from Shields. I could have sworn... Maybe it's not Black Rifle, but there's a coffee you can get at the gas station in a can, just like this energy drink here, and it has like 300 milligrams of caffeine in it. It's like one of those ones where it's like, you're going to fucking feel it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I could have sworn it was that. Maybe it's called something else. Hmm. Now, I remember last time you were asking me about energy drinks. Yeah. And I'm not a huge fan. Those, I like. Oh, these original green amps? Yes. They're discontinued. Are they? They're so hard to fucking find, man. I am pretty sure I've cleaned out this town. <laughs> I've gone to every Ma and Pa. The only place you can find them, I, I found them as like a Ma and Pa gas station. Uh-huh. And like, or just some really old dinky one. Like, I went to the Dawn's downtown. You know, they're the real sketchy, like, off of First Avenue or whatever that is there. Yeah. Yeah, and I found a bunch there, and I bought them all. So whenever I stop into a gas station, I go and see if they have an amp. Like, I got I got this stash yeah. from Roundup. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was driving through there, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking check here. And I was just in Miles City yesterday, and I didn't stop in the gas station to check, because I guarantee they would have fucking had them. Right. And I found them at the TA out in Laurel, or that Don's downtown, the that gas station right there off of Lewis right here, you know, by your mom, your mom's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the corner yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. I found a bunch there. I found, um, I'm trying to th- think where else. I Oh, I, I bought some in Livingston and one gas station in Great Falls. Because you, you just can't find them anymore. You can't get them. So are they officially discontinued or is it like a supply chain issue? Uh, I don't know because whenever I talk to the Pepsi guy, he says that it's a... Uh, Discontinued, but these expiration dates are fairly new, so it looks like they're making them. Like this says March twenty first, twenty twenty two. Huh. So I don't know, and I remember the last ones I bought that they expired in August, but I drink them fuckers right up. Yeah. No, these if I can find them, man, it's that's what's cool about being a truck driver. Like you stop in all these weird places, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna see if they got them or not. Yeah, I'm sure you run into all kinds of different stuff that we normally don't get here as often, or like they just have it because not as many people drink it there. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, this um, the original Green Amp is my most favorite. Energy oh, drink. I love that one. Like, like I said, I'm not a huge energy drink guy. Cause what was the one you brought last time? You said it was from Montana. Buck you, that's right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that one was pretty good. But, see, those ones, I can drink the hell out of those. Oh, yeah. These are fantastic, just like Mountain Dew on crack. Oh, for real. And it, I'm so happy I found I found when I went to that. You ever eaten at the McCleary's in Roundup, that gas station? I don't know. God, I don't think I've actually been to Roundup in a long time. My buddy lives close to there, but not quite to Roundup. So I have no... I don't go much further than that. You're like they got a that gas station. They serve the food there's not bad. They have a whole little kitchen area back there, and they serve a bunch of lunch and kind of like Eddie's Corner. Breakfast, kind of like Eddie's Corner. Yeah, but, but no, that's actually like a diner. This is like right. You ever gone to the gas station off of by Duck Creek? Maybe right, right there by the Shiloh overpass. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, they serve like sandwiches there out of that gas station. It's uh-huh. kind of like that same type of style. But they're not bad. I got a chicken and Swiss sandwich and some jalapeno poppers. Most of the time, the food there is actually really good. Yeah. But I looked. I could see when I got all the amps, I could see in the back they had some more. So I'll have to make a trip out there, I think. Gas station food is so, like, iffy because it's either really good <clears throat> excuse me, or really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I just road tripping places. Obviously, you stop at gas stations a lot, and then you just end up getting food there. Mm-hmm. But it's like... There's something about the rotisserie foods <laughs> that are, like, so, like, don't do it, but you want it. Mm-hmm. And they're actually usually pretty good. I'm usually pretty impressed. I love gas station food. <laughs> I do. I don't care what anybody says. I love gas station food. It's not as bad as people think. Well, you know what I... Because, okay, you're a trucker. Mm-hmm. So do you stop in, like, at, like, Flying J's and shit like that? Oh, yeah. So I remember I, I went to uh, Texas in a... Just on a ride along, in a eighteen wheeler. Yeah, and we stopped at a lot of Flying J's or what's the other one? The town, co- town pumps, loves. Okay, it was probably a lot of Flying J. Yeah, yeah maybe the loves. Flying J's. I just loves, know the, the town pumps. It's called like the Country Kitchen or something like that. Mm, in mm-hmm, those, dude, mm-hmm. that is some of the best food I've ever eaten. The Flying J out in Butte, not Butte, Belgrade, has a Country Kitchen in it, and I ate there once, and it's pretty fucking good. Nice. Well, I mean, gas station food. I mean, like, you ever had the holiday, like, warm food that they have out? I'd probably, I'm sure I have. When you go in there in the mornings, they have all their breakfast sandwiches out, and they got, like, breakfast taquito rolls and hash browns. It's good. I love it. I could eat that holiday gas station food all day. Even the lunch stuff, they got, like, a um, ham and Swiss, chicken and Swiss. I eat, I could eat that shit all day. This right here, this is from Zip Trip. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun. I love these. I eat them all the time, and I don't have a whole lot of. I I even eat the bag deviled eggs uh-huh. from the gas stations. They're fine. They don't make me sick at all. The only thing I wouldn't trust from a gas station would be something with fish. Yeah, no way. Like, like I, w- I probably wouldn't eat gas station sushi or um, yeah or shrimp or whatever. Yeah, that that I don't way. even like Montana. Just any <laughs> seafood from Montana. <laughs> I might be doing that a few times myself. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Wow. Whew. Kind of shit myself there. <laughs> oh. So, we, I, I got to just put it out there for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So, there might be several times I reference last time we talked. Oh, yeah. Because, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, we did an episode. It We had technical malfunction, mm-hmm. had to scrap the episode. Um, which I was very disappointed by. And again, I apologize. Well, Thank you very much for coming back. Dude, no, it, ha- it happens, man. I mean, I'm welcome to come back and do any episode you want to do. Like I said, I'm helping my buddy with his YouTube. 
Oh, nice. Thing too. I'm in a bunch of his videos. I mean, if you want to do who's something. that? His name's Thomas Wagman. Okay. He does a lot of um, Yu-Gi-Oh related content. Nice. He um, deck profiles, matches. It's pretty cool. And okay. Most of the time, I mean, if you want good content on his page, I mean, like obviously they're gonna watch good matchups. Like I'm obviously one of the better players, and so whenever I'm playing against a better player, like they're gonna he's gonna stream that match. Because, well, it's like, I'm playing a better deck, that guy's playing a better deck, we're not going to put, like, the 12-year-old kid that's got some fucking jank put together, you know what I mean? Right. Nobody wants to watch a kid get destroyed for five minutes. Yeah, for sure. And so that's why I'm in a lot of his videos, because I'm one of the best players, and I usually went out, like, it's, there's four rounds or three rounds. Most of the time I finish, like, I'm, I go 2-0, and oh, and I lose my last one and finish 2-1, and one, where I went out, or I lose my first one, and then I finish, like, 3-1. and one. You know, most of the time I'm, like, in the top three. So that's why I'm in a lot of his content, just because, well... Because you know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, about. Like, it's like, well, just everyone else has to get good. You know? Right. <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, Yeah, so that was unfortunate with the last episode. Uh, I haven't watched the hot sauce skit you put on yet. See, it, and you'll you'll see exactly why just the audio is so bad. But, but I, and I was so disappointed by that, because that was such a great bit of content it was fun and there's no fucking chance i was gonna do it again <laughs> because that shit sucked yeah like it was funny but goddamn if you want to get information out of somebody just feed them that hot sauce because that's like torture yeah um i but, thought about bringing it again <laughs> i i had a feeling you might <laughs> and yeah. i probably would have done it again i don't know but we already i already put it out there so if anybody wants to go watch it it was like Four episodes ago, five episodes ago, or something like that. I don't remember the number, but I'll have to go check. I haven't watched it because I heard the the audio quality when we were sitting here. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, that's so bad." But that one's kind of a visual thing, anyway. So it's it's mostly just watching us eat sauce and be miserable. Yeah, I did actually use that hot sauce with that dripper. Yeah, I used it when I was cooking shrimp, and I just put like three drops on there. That's how you got to use it. Okay. Does it blend well then? Yeah, it does blend well. It was really good actually. Okay. It was hot. Don't get me wrong, but I like wanted to eat more. I just couldn't find the flavor in it. Oh no, you're talking about are you talking Oh, you're talking about the Montana one, the dripper or yeah. the, the the bomb one? No, the dripper one. Oh, the dripper one? Oh. I I well, just based on like what we ate, I couldn't find the flavor. You must um you must like most more chipotle smoky flavored things then. Maybe. Cuz that the bomb. I think the heat just overwhelmed me. That's true. So I couldn't really like find I I wasn't really looking for flavor. I was just That's true. fighting the heat. See, and I don't like I don't First of all, the the bomb is just hot. To me, like it's got a real chipotle smoky flavor to it, and I I like that, but that's like just an overwhelming taste and it's just super hot. It's just bad. Yeah. But that other one, it's kind of more not. I wouldn't say buffaloy. I would say more like red chili almost. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I would say more like closer to a Tabasco. Okay, but like it's not Tabasco because it tastes way better. And I kind of like that flavor. Like that one was hot, but I could I like the flavor of it more. And it was hot. Like they're both really fucking hot. <laughs> I finally started watching the episodes of Hot Ones. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, there. I was watching them, and yeah, the, the the bomb is always the one in the lineup, and that's it's so funny because it's the I, only one that always returns because they know that's the one that's gonna fuck them up. I got the the bomb from my girlfriend's brother, and I'd never seen the hot ones before or hot ones before, right? And I still hadn't seen it until like two weeks ago. Okay, I just knew it was from hot ones because literally everyone told me like, oh, that's from hot ones. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, and so with me actually trying it first and having everyone else try it and then watching it. And I see the buildup to the bomb, and I'm just like, damn. I'm like, this guy's going to do it. And they take that bite of the wing, 
I love, like, the ones are hot before that, but it's, like, the bomb's on a whole different level. Well, and I honestly think the ones after the bomb aren't as hot as they, like, say it is. Because yeah. maybe the second one might be on par, but after tasting that shit, it's like, I don't understand what could be hotter than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, seriously. Like, when I saw there was two after the bomb, I'm like, what? Well, and it's like, that's, you can see in every episode, that's the one that always just throws them. Oh, and it, there's a reason it's the most reoccurring sauce. Exactly. It, exactly. And I, it, dude, it's so funny. I watched the, um, of course I watched the Shaq one. Yeah. That's the, like the most viral one. Yeah. And then I watched the Tom Holland one. Yep. That one's pretty funny too. Cause he takes a bite out of it and he's like, that's the worst thing I've ever put in my fucking mouth. And oh, that's so funny. I will say since having that. It's given me a whole new perspective on the show. It is. Because I know what they're going to... Like, every time they go to take a bite, I'm like, Ugh. Like, I know what's about to happen to you. Uh, and I can't believe they all they do is just take a bite of... If I'm sitting there in that interview, I'm maxing that wing. That's all I'm saying. You're just going to eat the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm going to eat the whole thing. Yeah, some I'm, of them do. Yeah. You know, like, Tom, Tom Holland was cool because he took... He, he would take one bite and he would take another bite. I don't think he did that with the bomb, if I can remember. But... Excuse me. He did that with the... um. The ones before that, and I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, they just take a bite of the wing and throw it down. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, no, Such maybe maybe I'm just a fat fuck. I don't know, but I I I don't care how hot that wing is. I had when Bones was open. This is actually a pretty funny story. So I'm sitting next to my buddy Jimmer. He gets like this weird honey barbecue one. I get the super hot ones. And so he gets his honey barbecue, and I get my super hot ones, and we're eating them, and we're eating them. And I look at that, and I look at these, and I'm like. I think we got the same thing. Because I'm eating my wings and they don't taste real hot. And I'm like, let me try one of yours, Jimmer. He took a bite of, I took a bite of his and I'm like, this tastes the exact same. So he tried one of mine and he's like, yeah, they taste the exact same to me. So I had them. Send them back and say they weren't hot enough. And I'm like, these aren't the hot ones. And so... And where so was this at? It was Bones when it was open. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so I send them back. They come back. And I'm eating them again. And I'm like, they're a little spicier now. I can taste it. And I'm like, but they taste the same. And I'm like, so I have 10 wings, and I eat two of them. And I'm just like, okay, these are getting a little hotter. And then I find, then the cook walked by, and I'm like, do you guys use the same sauce for the wings? He's like, oh, yeah, they're the exact same sauce. The only thing that's different is yours has Carolina Reaper flakes in it. It's the only difference when we toss it. That's how we make them super hot. So they were hot. They were the right wings. Yeah. But I sent them back to get a double dose of Carolina Reaper Because they weren't hot enough? No, no, because I didn't think they were the right ones. They yeah. were the right ones. Did it jack your gut up later or what? Oh, dude, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Because not only were they supposed, weren't they the regular super hot? Now they're double super hot because yeah. I had them get sent back to put more flakes in, and so now I'm two or three wings in, and I'm like, oh wow, these are getting really fucking hot. They're kicking, dude. And I'm sitting. I'm probably five wings in, six, dying. Dude, just dying. Nothing's saving me. I'm like, God <laughs> himself couldn't even help me, dude. And it was unbearable. And I told myself, I'm like, I'm finishing all these fucking wings. So I took a page out of Man vs. Food. His name's Adam, the original yeah, yeah. guy. I can't remember his last name. Whenever he would do a wing challenge, it's le you're legal legally allowed to rip all the meat off of the wings uh -huh. and put them in a pot, put it in a pile, and eat it like that. So I was like, the only way I'm finishing this is if I do that. Sure enough, I take the wings and I rip all the meat I can off of them because I'm not being a put. I'm like, I'm getting all the meat. Right. And it's in a pile, and I just. And then after that, it was like. Well, it's almost like the the hard part of a wing. <coughs> 
is is the eating of it because it's like on your lips mm-hmm. and like so you're just getting fucked on all angles. Yeah. Well, so I mean, if you can just eat the meat, and well, you without, know, some people pay extra money for that. Yeah. To get fucked by all angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, you yeah. go. Okay. Sorry, that one kind of went a little bit okay. Anyway. Well, I, had to, I had to rethink of what you <laughs> like what we had said. I had to run it back. So. I got to ask this, too, because I do want to get back. I want to talk about the trucking thing again. Oh, okay. But before that, I got to ask you, because now we're in a timely situation. What do you think about the Matt Nagy and <laughs> uh, what's it, Pace? Yeah, Ryan Pace. Uh, what do you think of, of the firings there? Like, uh, I think they were much needed. It's tough. It's tough because so Matt Nagy only had one losing season out of his five years there. And he was coach of the year, like... His first year. Yeah. So this year was his only losing season. The other se- 500's not a losing season. Right. It's not classified as a losing season. So he went 12-4, and 8-8, eight and 8-8. Eight, eight and eight. Oh, and this is his fourth season. Okay. No. I think you're right. I think it is four. Oh, yeah, because last year we made the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. So yeah, this is four, this is out of four years. This is his only losing season. So four years, one losing season. Two of them were playoffs. That's think, actually not a bad raz- resume if you no. look at it. Well, and I feel the same about Brian Flores. I can't believe they fired Brian Flores. That's the coach for the Dolphins, right? Yeah, yeah, because he has a winning. Per- yeah, he has he his winning percentage was like sixty three percent or something like that. Yeah, I, and, I saw that. I saw they were showing the coaches that got fired and their records. And Brian Flores has. Like I think ten more wins than losses. Yeah, and some, and, and he has back to back winning seasons. Yeah, with and look at what they did this year. Like they went like zero and eight. Yeah, we know that all the Dolphins had to do was win. Yeah, and then they and then they went on like an eight game winning streak. Yeah, something like that. It's they beat the Patriots twice this year too. It's like I don't know. He's definitely going to find work. And and the only thing I can think of with him was. There had to have been conflict within the front office with him. Maybe, and like I said, those are things beyond our vision that we don't know. But it's on, on paper, on resume. I mean, Matt Nagy's resume doesn't look bad. Four seasons, three of them, uh, not only one losing season, two playoff berths. Um, Ryan Ryan Pace made some like very dangerous gambling moves, I would say, when it came to our draft picks. Okay, but I mean, I mean, they did. They worked out. I mean, they really did because we got. Eddie Goldman, we got Akeem Hicks, we got Danny Trevathan, we also got um, David Montgomery, uh, we also got that other rookie we drafted this year that's really good, um, can't remember his name. Offense or defense? Offense. He was the running back when David Montgomery went down. Mm. I know who you're talking about, I can't think of that. I either. can't think of his name right now. Um, and so, then, and Do you guys the, still have Danny Trevathan? Yeah. Okay. I he could. he was just injured. I think we we're getting rid of him this year. I think. Okay. Because he was. I saw him play a couple games. I think he was just too injury prone. You know, stuff like that. He's getting older. Yeah. And um, God, I wish I could remember that running back's name. We had Tariq Cohen, Darnell Mooney, um, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. That's a big draft one that we have. Like, honestly, Ryan Pace didn't draft bad. I feel like neither one of the guys were or are bad i think it's just that the market the expectations were so fucking high for them and they always should they're, yeah, like they're they should be, be no you're a professional what. football team just like brian flores like back-to-back winning seasons but no playoffs right and you know it's not enough just to make the playoffs you got to have playoff wins 
yeah. is the thing. So even though Matt Nagy went twice, he didn't win. Is the problem. Fuck, we should have won. When we were in 12-4, and four, we should have won that. And uh, I think that's another thing that's rough for Mitchell Trubisky. They were showing... Oh, that's where the that's where I got the percentage for win. It was showing, it was showing Andy Dalton slash Nick Foles, Justin Fields, and Mitchell Trubisky's winning records, and Mitchell Trubisky had a sixty three percent win percentage with the Bears when he was starting. I just feel like another thing is expectations because Mitchell Trubisky was taken ten spots ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and so we could the fact that he was picked second overall and we could have had Mahomes is another reason why. The expectations for everyone were so high for Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and Mitchell Trubisky. Because yeah. when you get taken ahead of Deshaun like- Watson and Patrick Mahomes, it's like, well, you better be the fucking nuts because Deshaun Watson's good. He has a playoff win, and uh, Mahomes is a Super Bowl winning quarterback now. Yeah, and so I think that's another reason like we missed that opportunity. And I don't think Mitchell Trubisky was a bad quarterback. I really don't think he was. That. I think he, it came down just to more coaching and management is what it really was. Uh, I, I don't think he, he probably could have worked on his deep ball a little bit better, but he was a good game manager. He was quick on his... I liked Mitchell Trubisky a lot. I don't think we should have gotten rid of him. I actually think I like him more than Justin Fields. Everyone, everyone whenever there's a new quarterback in Chicago, like I follow a couple pages, everyone just gets the biggest heart on. They're like, oh, he, uh, Justin Fields looks so good. You know, he looks like a... He looks like Mahomes when he first came in or a Russell Wilson, and I'm just like... He's from Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, originally, he's originally, I think he's from... He went to Georgia, transferred to Ohio State, something like that. But Ohio State quarterbacks don't have a good record in the NFL. They don't like um Oh, he they got he, he got drafted to the Ravens. I can't remember his name. Uh Troy something. I think his name's Troy. Oh, I don't know. I was thinking of uh I can't think of the guy's name either. The other guy. The um starts with an H his last name. I can I can't Thing. But anyway, you're right. There, there's not a lot of. I mean, I can't think of almost a single Ohio State quarterback that's come out and been super successful. Yeah, exactly. And so that's another thing why I'm not on it. And I, Justin Fields may be. If you compare Mitchell Trubisky to Justin Fields in their rookie seasons, I feel like uh, Mitchell Trubisky looked way better than right. Justin Fields. I just feel like Justin Fields. I feel like Justin Fields has already got a gun to his head because. He just he he realizes the expectations are high and he's trying to fill them. I can see when he plays, he's trying super hard. Well, he was definitely the guy that that should have sat for a little while, and he kind of had to be forced in. Yeah, like I think he needed more time. There's a lot of fan pressure, right? Fan pressure, and then the front office pressure, obviously, because they knew that they were on the hot seat too. Yep, and it it just didn't work out in that way either. Because that was another thing I think with Matt, with Matt Nagy that got him fired was. The inconsistency of like, okay, we got Fields, but we're gonna play Dalton, and then like, okay, now we're gonna play Fields. Yeah, you can't ha- you can't have that because the, the waffling. The if you look at the Cowboys, I think in the seventies they had Roger Staubach and they had another really good backup quarterback. They would do. Uh, Tom Landry would try to make different play because in the seventies Cowboys were running a lot of trick plays too. It's like when they started coming really to fruition. And they would rotate the quarterback out, and it turned out to be very counterproductive. Because even though both quarterbacks were really good, it just didn't work. Yeah. Because there's a leadership role there at a quarterback position that when you have two quarterbacks rotating out like that, like especially for Pat, like I know the Raiders do that, but the Raiders only use Mariota for run plays. Yeah, for uh, for an RPO. Right. So you know, if Mariota's in. It, it there's an RPO, 
But I, most of the RPOs I saw with him, he didn't throw. He ran. He had like that twenty-five yard run. But it's not like it's not like it's questionable who the starter is in in exactly. Vegas. It's like, and and that's the problem with like a guy like Fields or Dalton. You know, they're constantly wondering. Do I am I starting this week? Am I not? Like, and when you get sloppy, sloppy like that, when you're trying to win, it's just you might as well just wait for next season. Yeah, well, at that point, and that's why I didn't. I wanted. If you look, Andy Dalton started us three and one. Like what? Yeah. Like okay, same thing. Same thing last year when we had Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky started us like I don't five and two, mm-hmm. something like that. I can't remember. And then we pull him out for his inconsistencies because we were we were in the game. Mitchell Dubisky was having a bad game, so they took him out and brought Nick Foles in. Nick Foles did have a game-winning drive. Like, he did come in and do that. But then he lost, like, two of his last six or something like that. And it's just like, even though the guy's doing bad, if you're winning with him, why pull him out? Kind of like, and I don't like, I, I say that with a grain of salt because, you know, I had to deal with Rex Grossman. Yeah. So he, Rex Grossman was in, and we were winning with him in. You know, but I feel like you know we definitely should have started Kyle Orton over Rex Grossman for the not not just for the Super Bowl. I mean, in general, because Kyle Orton was just a better game manager. I wouldn't say Kyle Orton was a great quarterback, but anything was better than Rex Grossman. Yeah. So, that was a, when I say when so when I say that, it's kind of like, yeah, your guys' situation really reminds me of ours. It's just like you have a really good team around you, but all the leadership sides, quarterback, coach. It's just been so inconsistent throughout the last like ten years. What was your guys' record? Nine and eight, eight and nine? No, we were a losing record. We had we were, uh, I guess it would be eight and or no, I think we were seven and ten. ten. Yeah, seven and ten. Yeah, that extra game's really throwing me yeah, for a loop too. So yeah, I think we went seven and ten. So okay, yeah, we we went six and eleven. Do you so. think Fangio comes back? I I, I that'd be sick. I don't know. Our defensive coordinator's doing good right now. He's actually, but do you think he would come back as a head coach? Well, okay, let me ask you this: Who do you who do you want, Jim Not, Harbaugh? That's what I figured. Yeah, but I mean, I, there's no questions about it. Jim Harbaugh is shutting down the rumors, but I mean, why wouldn't you? You know what yeah. I mean? Well, you want to you want to play the field. I, I'm yeah. almost certain Harbaugh's coming back. I I think Jim Harbaugh would be fantastic for the Bears because Justin Fields Young is, a, is a Colin Kaepernick. And Jim Harbaugh has history with Chicago. I mean, he played for the Bears for six years or seven years or something like that. That'd be pretty crazy, actually. And so he'd come back and coach for the Bears, and he has a quarterback that he already took that reminds him of Colin Kaepernick. And I feel like with the Colin Kaepernick situation, I feel like a head a head coach is supposed to coach, but I feel like you said there's pressure from the front office. I feel like Jim Harbaugh couldn't do what he wanted to with Colin Kaepernick because... I feel like the front office was like, hey, you need to get this kid under control, do this and do that. Breathe it down his neck. Yeah, and it's like, what's the point of me being a coach if you're just going to tell me what to do? Right. So I think he probably, I think at that time, Jim Harbaugh just listened to them and did what they wanted to do, and they found that it was bad. And instead of them admitting they were wrong, they just fired him. You know? Yeah. I feel like, because Jim Harbaugh's a great coach. I just don't think, uh, I just don't think he would have done that to Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Colin Kaepernick was so good. I loved Colin Kaepernick. He was fun to watch. It wasn't as fun as to watch as Michael Vick, but he was fun to watch. Right. So, but I feel like Jim Harbaugh would be a perfect fit for Chicago. I think I think you're right. I think I, I wouldn't mind uh, getting. Um, uh, I think I think it's weird how some coaches have a hard time 
transitioning from coordinator to coach. Yeah. I don't understand that. Like, Fangio... He, oh, he was killer in Chicago. Oh, and he was good in Denver as as far as calling defense and stuff. But and, and he was a player's coach, and the players got behind him. But he just had zero clue when it came to, like, in-game decision-making. Timeouts, time management... Uh, challenges, just all the basic stuff you need to know for, or or just like, let's go for it on fourth, or let's go for the touchdown here rather than the field goal, or let's take a field goal rather than try and go for it on fourth down to the touchdown, take the points instead. Just all the little details of in-game decision-making. Terrible. Hmm. Absolutely terrible. I don't know, because I I mean, obviously you watch Broncos games and I don't. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that does sound inconsistent. It's like, that's hard. You know, they're professionals, Expectations are high. Everyone wants a championship. So you bring a championship to a town. You have you have growth, and there's more money, and then you know what I mean. There's always a championship is huge for a town. Well, he's just he's another guy that just has that old school mindset where it's mm-hmm. like he he's a great coordinator, an amazing coordinator. I just he's just not meant to be a head coach. I don't think. Kind of just like Jack Del Rio, pretty much. Another yeah. example that comes to me: one of those defensive minded coaches. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind the. I think it'd be cool if Lovey Smith came back. I didn't even think it because he's still out there. Yeah, yeah, he is. And I, when the Bears got rid of Lovey Smith, I don't understand. We finished the season ten and six and missed the playoffs, which I would understand their frustration because we started the season that year. We started it. We started seven and zero, and we finished ten and six. Isn't that the worst? I was like, what? I remember. I remember that. I remember that season very well. And they fired Lovey Smith. I could understand in that scenario why you would, but when you had, I mean, he had consistent success. I mean, he made the playoffs a couple more times. I mean, it wasn't like he was terrible. You know what I mean? Like, like a Brian Flores situation. You finish with a winning season and you get fired. Right. I'm like, what? See, and I, I don't know. That I, comes to, like I said, just comes to expectations. I don't think they would bring him back just because of. I think the fans wouldn't appreciate that. I think, I think they really want them to bid for Harbaugh. I think hard, but Brian Flores, I think, seems to be the biggest. If they brought in Doug Peterson, I do not want Doug Peterson. See, and I don't really want Dan Quinn. Like, they keep talking like Dan Quinn's going to be the guy. He was the old Falcons head coach. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying. I was really trying to think about that, yeah. And I think he'd be okay. I want a young, offensive-minded coach. We've had, th- we've had two defensive-minded head coaches... And it just hasn't worked out. And it seems to be this young, offensive-minded coach is like the mold right now. Kyle Shanahan, freaking uh, Zach Taylor. Who's the one for the Rams? Uh, Sean, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Kevin Stefanski. Uh, Brian uh, Flores. LaFleur, LaFleur, or Matt LaFleur. Oh, Matt LaFleur. Do you know he played for the Billings Outlaws? I did. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, wow. I was like, that's wild. Yeah. But, like, it just seems to be, like, the winning mold right now. And, of course, you still got your Belichicks and guys like that, but... Well, the thing, with, I think, with Belichick and Andy Reid is they can... some. I think some coaches have a hard time adapting. Well, let me start from the beginning. Young-minded coaches are the best right now because the NFL is really at a, like a, point, a, at a point where it's changing. You know yes. what I mean? Mobile new, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, new... It's, like, completely revamped. And a lot of those old-school mindsets... You know, like... Oh, run first. Run first, stuff like that. But, I mean, that stuff... I mean, run first... I mean, that shit still works. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but you got to do it a certain way. Exactly. And that's that's tough, like... And you have to be able football. to open the passing game up. Exactly. If the passing game is no threat, then the run game is never going to work. 
and I mean, and vice versa. Right. You know what I mean? Like they really comp. Like, you got to be balanced. Exactly. Um, but I feel like that's why it's working out so well. But like Bilicek and Andy Reid, they can adapt. Right. Some coaches have a hard time. Me, I mean, I'm I'm the black and blue division in the NFL, and so I have a real like run game first, pass game second. As it's my mindset. I mean, you got a strong running game, you won't even need the passing. Right, well, and, and like you said, it's it's both ways. you got to have a threat on run to open up the pass game, too. Oh, yeah. So, finding that balance. But but you have to be able to, like you said, the, these defenses are just tough now. So, you got to be able to strategize offensively to open that up. The toughest position in the NFL to play is a cornerback. I don't care what oh, anybody, anybody yeah. says. I don't, say if, I don't care if they – I played defensive line and offensive line, and – and I played linebacker for a little bit. The hardest position in the NFL or in football in general is cornerback. There's, I mean, you're running backwards half the time. It's in, it's insane, and I don't know what would need to change because I seriously the passing game is so blown open because the receivers are so protected now, and the cornerbacks have pretty much nothing in their arsenal to defend them. It's like either this guy's got to be literally a five out of five fucking athlete to guard the six foot four uh, man that can run a four two. It's like, I don't understand. Like, no wonder why there's so many good fucking receivers like Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams and Julio Jones. It's like, well, yeah, of course they're going to be fucking good. The cornerback can't do anything. Yeah, they can't hardly touch them. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I was like, I don't, whatever then, I guess. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, they do that five-yard rule, you know what I mean? You're allowed to actually, like, push and stuff the wide receiver within five yards. Right. And I, I just, I really don't know. And you know it's well, tough. Teams it's will tough. run pick plays and stuff like that, and yeah. that's just so hard to defend. It is. And seriously, and like the double moves a wide receiver can do compared to a cornerback, like I guarantee, if they showed like a, a chart of most penalized players, offensive line might be number one just for holding and stuff like yeah. that or false starts, but cornerbacks got to be second. Well, yeah, I don't know how else they expect to slow down these wide receivers. It's in, it's insane. Like I, you would need. You, I was like, you would need just the nuts of a guy for cornerback. And I feel like you play that position, like, good for you, man. Like, it's tough. Even really good cornerbacks like Darrell Revis, uh, Richard Sherman, Kyle Fuller, like these real shut-down cornerbacks. And it's t- it's tough, man. It's, these wide receivers are getting so much bigger and so much faster. And I don't understand why cornerbacks are so small. I know. That cornerbacks are usually like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, right. Wide receivers are like 6'4", six, 6'3". Yeah, it's what? Like, I, I don't get it either. Like, I think cornerback probably will be the next evolutionary because th- they have to. They have to change. I think another thing is I get that they're trying to protect the quarterback. I've these target, you know, targeting rules. There's helmet, some that are helmet. just so weak. Like if you just tap the guy on the helmet, yeah, like illegal hands to the face. Because they're really, I get it. They're trying to like get rid of concussions and injuries, and I get it. But it's like. Once you wrap up a quarterback, like, I want you to wrap up that quarterback and slam him on the fucking ground. Well, it fucks him up, too, because I even saw this when Denver played uh, Kansas City. If the quarterback's running out of the, you know, off running the ball, you know, the guys will will whiff on tackles because they're too afraid to hit him. Mm-hmm. They'll just, like, slow down, and then the guy just keeps going because he's not afraid to get hit. Yeah. But they're too afraid to hit him. Yeah, exactly. It's it's tough, man. I mean, defense is defense is already hard enough to play. There's so there's just so much 
advantage the offense gets compared to defense well now? It's, it's done purposefully because they want high scoring games they want a lot of action because that's what gets viewers and shit yeah and i i think it's way cooler to see defensive plays than offensive plays yeah like you sack a quarterback the ball's in the air and a fat pick. lineman catches it and he run into the end zone yeah. that's way more there's s- nothing more exciting than a pick six yeah exactly i agree 100 percent. and i just feel like the nfl has become so you got to have like foam on your hands uh, I I don't know, and I get it. I feel like when when you when you play football, you sign a waiver. So like you realize the risks of the game. You realize what's going to happen to you, and you still you still play it. And they're trying to alleviate that. It's like if you go into this, it's like oh, if you go into there, you're going to get burned. And it's like you go in there and you get burned, and then you complain. Yeah. It's like well, you knew what was going to happen. It's like but then we got to do something to where you can't get burned anymore, even though that is literally like the biggest risk. Same thing with the NFL. It's like, you're going to have concussions. You're going to have broken bones. Like, these are things. It's like, I I miss a wide receiver going to catch a ball and him just getting lit the fuck up. Like, you know, and you see those plays now, and it's just, it's it's almost hard to watch. I'm almost not excited to see, the, not excited anymore to see the defense out there. I know. Because it's like, it's like, oh, P.I. Yeah, you basically targeting. just have to have an offense that can score 35 points. Yeah, and it's 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 getting to be a little ridiculous, especially with the protection of the quarterback. Yeah, like no wonder why Tom Brady's playing twenty one fucking years. The guy never gets touched. Right. I think he only missed one season for injury. Yeah, that's when that's when the new rules got started implement when he tore his ACL. Of that course, kid. of yeah, course, he got his ATL. So tour. many rules have and been the, changed because of him. Yeah, and I that's just I think uh, I think you're going to see more quarterbacks playing longer now too because of those rules like Aaron Rodgers Ben Roethlisberger well I think Ben Roethlisberger's done oh, he, yeah he already said he's done oh he did yeah oh good I hope he goes on one more game though because I'd love to see the Chiefs go out in the first round I think that defense could could stop the Chiefs I don't know if that offense can I don't know man put Mahomes, on Mahomes is a fucking magician he is but TJ Watt man if he can yeah. get to him if if that defense can oh get by the way I think him, I think TJ this is the other thing I was going <laughs> to... Records in the NFL now, now that there's an extra game. Yeah. They're like, TJ Watt tied Michael Strahan. It's like, mm, technically no. Well, technically yes, though, because TJ played less games than... He he was out a couple games this year. Really? Yeah. I okay. Think, I think TJ actually only played like 15 or 14 games. Okay. Then that makes it a lot better. Yeah. Like Robert Quinn, he's now the Bears all-time sack leader, but, but he got it in the 16th game. Oh, okay. So that's why I recognize it as a record now because right. he got it in the 16th game to beat Richard Dent out. Yeah, and so because they were they were showing the stats where like, yeah, um, TJ played less games than Strahan did when Strahan got his record. Okay, yeah. Oh hell yeah, then then that makes it way cooler. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's only tied. It was there was another one that could have been counted as a sack, but it was like a fumble. On, like the quarterback fumbled the snap, mm. and so they didn't technically count that as a sack. Yeah, that that's because uh, it can't. Because then at that point, when you, if the it's a live ball, it's a live ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like Dak Dak Prescott, that seventeenth game broke a Cowboys record, beat oh, Tony because okay. he threw five extra touchdowns or something like that. And then Tony Romo, it's like, well, no shit, he had an extra game, right? So, well, but then you're right. I gotta consider. I don't know which how many games. I don't. Unless you watch the game, you don't know their team. You don't know, so maybe Dak yeah. Prescott did miss a game or two. Yeah, then the See, record then the record would mean something. And I thought the same as you with the T.J. Watt thing until I saw it because I I wouldn't have known that he was out. Yeah, like, exactly. there wasn't a lot of 
especially with defense players because you kind of know with fantasy football. Yeah. You can kind of tell. Yeah. But. See, and I don't play fantasy football. I just. Oh, okay. See, I like. I, I got third place on my fantasy. You get any money for that? I get money back. You what get what money I put in. Fucking ain't not bad. I can't remember if it was 20 or 40 bucks. I just don't like doing that because, like, let's say, fuck, why wouldn't I grab Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, right. fantasy, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's like, I need you to throw five touchdowns against the Bears, but not have the Bears lose. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it's like, so I decided just to eliminate it completely. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can separate the two. If I'm watching, because I can still have the player that's playing against Denver not score a bunch of points and still win fantasy and the Broncos game. Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. So you can kind of just separate the two. Uh, when I watch the Broncos game, I'm all invested in the Broncos. If a guy on my fantasy scores, I'm not like... Oh, no. Because I, I, I'm a big gambler, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to watch it. So, no, I just completely eliminated it. I, I didn't want to play fantasy. Oh, dude. And I... Yeah, we were talking about gambling last time, too. And I guess we can touch on that as well. But, like, I don't know if I'm... I don't think I'm going to... I'm done football betting this year, for sure. I'm not going to do the playoffs. I thought about it, but, dude, I only won one out of maybe eight times this year. Oh, really? But I always did the the point spread because you just get bigger wins on it. Oh, see, I never did that. I always bet on individual players. Yeah, you do prop bets, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, like I said, I bet on Darnell Mooney. That was my third time betting on him. So I that's $60 invested, and I cashed out for 120 so I was up 60 See, and I feel like that's a better move for me because I I feel like I know players better, and I I can predict wins. Mm, yeah, I just can't predict the sport the point spread. <clears throat> that's yeah. the hard part. Yeah, that's the hard. Yeah, and so I just eliminated that as well. I'm like, I'll just bet on individual players, like Daniel Jones. I got, when Daniel Jones was playing, oh fuck, I don't know whatever team, because I went in to cash my ticket because I had to wait the day before. You know what I mean? Because it wouldn't cash it in. Right. So I had to go in, and the next day, and I was like, oh, I'll bet. Then there was a game tonight. I think it was Monday night. I think that would make sense because I cashed my ticket the next day. Daniel Jones, the fact, I I bet Daniel Jones would throw four touchdowns and the payout was like $583 on a $20 bet. It was huge. And I was like, I I fucking doubt it. I was like, but 20 bucks? I was like, all right. He ended up throwing two. Yeah. Which was cool. If he would have had a, if I would have checked the game period, if he would have had three, I'd have been like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, see, that makes it kind of exciting too, though. It makes all the games more interesting. It does, especially when you're like betting on a player in a game. Like, so like, I think I might do that for like the Sunday or Monday night game, right? Kind of just bet on a player there. And like, it also depends. They do factor in like if you th- say if you bet Tom Brady's going to throw three touchdowns, you bet twenty bucks, your payout's like thirty eight. Uh huh. Like, no shit, Tom Brady's going to throw three touchdowns. But Daniel Jones, who's terrible, throwing four touchdowns. Yeah, of course the payout's going to be huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? They also go off the how good the player is. Yeah, so, right. I think that's why Darnell Mooney's payout was pretty good. Because, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't... Oh, yeah, the odds are... It, it's got to be based on the odds of the player's success rate. Yeah. You know, they're going to... Like you said, the odds of, of, like, Jamar Chase getting a touchdown are pretty good. Yeah. But the odds of, like, T. Higgins getting a touchdown are not mm-hmm. as good. Yeah, exactly. So... He also just got to bet on it like that. And sometimes I bet... I know my buddy, he bets uh, at halftime. He'll go and bet and say, oh, I bet the Bears will be the first team to score and it's going to be a touchdown. He'll bet 20 bucks, and it'll be like $80. Yeah. Something just like that. Just little prop bets. Yeah, exactly. And I so, haven't really gr- 
gotten into that world, but really what I'm better at with sports betting is fighting. Like Oh, really? There's so many less there's so fewer elements to to think about cuz all you got to do is look at this guy's skills and I've watched a lot of fights. So I know guys' tendencies mm-hmm. in the in the cage and stuff where it's like I know this guy's a grappler. I know this guy's not good at wrestling. So it's like you can look at the matchups kind of and tell or there's there's just so many less factors where it's like you got a full team you're looking at. Mm-hmm. The Bucks could lose to the they almost lost to the Jets. Well, like the Colts losing to the Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, you can't predict that. Bro, that game was sick. I watched that one because I was watching my game. Yeah, I was there. Oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah, 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 you were there. That's right, yeah. And no, that game was sick. That was fun to watch uh, Trevor Lawrence go off. Oh, yeah, that was... It was it was fun. Oh, I also just love seeing the Colts lose. Fuck of the Colts. <laughs> well, and the fact that they were just a win and in. All they had to yeah. do was win. Yeah, and then they lost to the 2-15 yeah. Jags. Oh, yeah. Dude, if I can... I can't believe the Chargers uh, called a timeout. Oh. <sighs> That was so, so dumb. Fucking stupid. And that was a great game. And you know what sucks too is Justin Herbert deserved to win that game with that performance at the end. What did he get? Five fourth down conversions. Yeah, it was something. I watched the whole game. It was something fucking retarded. I mean, I was going for the Raiders hardcore. I mean, that's that's my best friend's team. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I I hate both the teams. Because... Oh, I was gonna say. Well, yeah. No shit. It's just like <laughs> me. Like I would never go for the Vikings or Packers. Right. I would go for the Lions. But it was an amazing game. It was. It was an amazing game. But seriously, I mean, all the Chargers had to do was stop Josh Jacobs on that run. Right. I mean, and he, it, he, ran, not, he ran for like 15 or 18 yards. Right. And I shouldn't say the Raiders didn't deserve to get there because obviously a hard-fought game, and they did well in that overtime. I, know, I all, just If the Colts would have won, like, that would have eliminated, like, a bunch of games. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, oh, this game doesn't matter, this game doesn't But the fact that the Colts lost, like, opened up it for everybody. Well, that last game would have been... Somebody still was going to make it in. Yeah, well, well, it was either going to be the Steelers, Ravens, Chargers, or Raiders. Right. Actually, I think the Dolphins were still in the mix there, too. They needed a lot to happen. Yeah, I think they needed... I, I think they needed all those guys to lose. I think Yeah, I think they needed everyone to tie, actually. The Colts needed to lose, and I think both the Raiders... Had, the Raiders had the tie, and... It was a weird situation. It was a weird situation, I think. I don't know. I'd have to double-check on something like that. Right. You know I'm saying? I'm saying all these things. It's like, well, I don't really know. I'm just kind of going off of memory. Yeah. So. But, yeah, that's, um... Yeah. So then, okay, tell me about some of your other gambling ventures. I know we were talking talking about poker. Oh, you f- like poker? Oh, and- fuck, last night, man, I lost, like... Four or five hundred dollars? Holy shit! <laughs> it was great. See, I, it was great. <laughs> but I mean, no. Okay. So what happened is uh, my girlfriend started with a hundred, and I started with a hundred, and uh, we were at the Atlantis. Oh, and they I, do poker too. Oh no, this is just machines. Oh okay, no, this okay. isn't poker. This is just machines. Gotcha. And I'm gonna have to remember. She got like a hundred and eighty free games, cashed out a five hundred dollar ticket. And then, but that was her second hundred, so she actually was only up like three hundred, and I was up a hundred and sixty, and then after the Atlantis, we went to where the fuck did we go? We went to the Lodge Casino. That casino sucks. Oh, really? Where's that at? <laughs> that's I've uh, never heard of that. It's right there off of Twenty Seventh and Gable. I just don't like. I just don't like it because it doesn't have any of the machines I like to play. I went in there. I was playing a poker game, hit four of a kind on a times two multiplier. It was like 160 bucks, but I already put in. Oh no, I, I won. I cashed out for like 140, but I put in 80. 
took that went and played some other star game i played and i hit for 100 on that but i was already in for 80 so you know i mean like real small wins and then we went to that casino eight right there off 32nd and gable and that's when i started hitting i hit i had i started with a hundred dollars and i had four hundred dollars on me okay because because my girlfriend gave me a hundred dollars oh so i'm at 400 right now and then we go to the leo casino which is that new one there right next to asian sea grill we didn't win shit there and there's another casino next to it called bet and we were i was winning i was up to i had put in my last hundred and i was up to like 250 i think 280 something like that and i was gonna i wanted to try to get back up to 400 and then cash out and leave but I ended up I ended up losing it all, and then she but she had her her big win, and so she. I think she said she started the night with like. Four sixty, and she had four hundred on her. So that means we only lost sixty bucks. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean we did have way more money, right. and like like she was upset that we didn't have the extra money. I was like, we just got to think, and like we rarely go out on Friday nights because. Most time Friday nights, my gambling night, I go off with my friends, hang out and do whatever we want. But I have to refelt my poker table tonight with oh, my okay. buddy at his house because we put new felt on it. But if you're gonna if you're gonna refelt a poker table, you can't use real felt because it like it the longevity of it's just not that good True. with poker because you're really like dealing all the time and hands and people are doing like it just touching it, it a lot. Yeah, and so we're gonna go get cowhide. Oh right on! Yeah, we saw we saw it. We should have just fucking bought it the first time because I really don't want to refelt it again. But we're gonna go buy that cowhide and do that. So we were hanging out on a Friday night, and I had to tell her. I was just like, "Listen, like honestly, we went and had dinner. We gambled all night, and I'm like, I was a little late today because I I was hurting bad today. Yeah, <laughs> it was, dude. Because my buddy was, <clears throat> mentioned something about white claws, and so when I went to the casino, I was super full. So I didn't want like a a beer something. <laughs> filling yeah something filling so i was like something lighter a seltzer is yeah a good so I was, choice. yeah i was just like you know it's not heavy like a beer you know what i mean so i was drinking those and fuck man this morning was rough just <laughs> yeah and i told i did i almost i did it was tough i almost i almost thought about telling you i couldn't make it i was like nah, i can't do that i was like i'm commit when i commit to something i usually do it you yeah. know what i mean i could probably maybe maybe name like two things i've done in my whole life where like i was just like i, I can't do it but no one if i tell you i'm gonna come i'm i'm coming yeah, daddy. I'm, I'm always coming. <laughs> Dude, I love that video you said, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty great. But yeah, so we ended up, she started with 460 and she had 400 in her wallet. And these th- those were all her winnings from when she won 900 the other day. Oh, wow. And so, but, you know, like bills and stuff like that. Of course, she used most of the money already. Uh-huh. And so I told her, I'm like, listen, I'm like, we're only down 60 bucks. We gambled everywhere tonight. And I was like, you know, it, it, and the, pro- the problem is... Um, even though you're up the money, it's fun just to sit there and push the button. Well, and you're just yeah, you're out having having fun sometimes. You know. Yeah, you know it's 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 tough too because everyone's like, oh yeah, fun pushing the button because it's addictive. And it is like you can't deny. Well, it's it. just like a video game. Yeah, exactly. People, yeah. people. I mean, the only difference between an actual video game and gambling is the money aspect, and even that's not very true with video games anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many in-game purchases. Exactly. And so it's just it was for entertainment. Now I told her I'm like, listen, I'm like yeah, we're up. Most of the time, my rule is whatever you're willing to you only gamble. It's just like all the rules they say in gambling. You only gamble with money you can afford to lose. Yes. And only bet what you're willing to lose. Right. Exactly. But, I mean, the bigger the bets, the bigger the win. Yeah. And so, like, lately I've been max betting. 
Especially because if you get into the game of the multiplier, max bet. Oh, dude, you're all, all, all you got to do to win something because it's super hard to hit seven out of seven and six out of seven, and it's still kind of hard to hit five out of seven. But if you're max betting and you get a times five multiplier, your three and four hits is oh, where it's, what's going. Those are way easier to hit than six out of seven or seven out of seven. Yeah. So when you're max betting and you get into the bonus, and you got the multiplier, uh, your three and four hits that are more likely to happen. Is what's gonna get you fucking money. That's what's gonna you're gonna a three hit, four hit, three hit, four. Then occasionally you'll have that five hit, and the payout difference between a four hit and a five hit is big. Well, and when you get the free games and stuff, then it just adds up. Exactly, exactly. And so that's why it's important when you. But if you're only betting like fifty cents, then your three and four hits are piddly. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like at that point, you still have to hit a six out of seven or a seven out of seven. So you mostly do Kino then on the... I used machines. to do poker. I used to be just strictly poker because I loved like cash climb games, free games, 20 free games times seven. And then I just started playing Monster Mania. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, I started playing Monster Mania and I was winning on that. I was not winning on Monster Mania for a long time and I was playing a couple of other, other ones. But there's another one called Jungle Treasure. Okay. It's literally know. exactly... Like Monster Mania. Okay. It's the exact same thing, except there's three pyramids you gotta hit. You hit the three pyramids, you go into a bonus. <clears throat> and it's like um old um like Mayan looking artwork, you know what I mean? Like and so you, you pick like these coins and you pick them, they have times two through times twelve. Just like Monster Mania. Yeah. And you pick them and same thing, you know, in Monster Mania you pay for your games though. But your multi- I know. But your multipliers are huge. You're right. And, and it's when it hits the different guys. Exactly. She had a Ashley had a times eleven multiplier. And it keeps going until exactly. you hit them all, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so she had a times 11 multiplier, and she hit 5 out of 7, and it was like $500. Damn. See, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. When you bet big... You win big. You win big. You Times 2. That's what, You don't have to rely... You want to make it to where you don't have to rely on hitting 6 out of 7 or 7 out of 7 or even 5 out of 7. You want to start winning when you're hitting 3 out of 7 and 4 out of 7 because that's way easier to hit. And so you bet big, you get big multipliers. Your small hits... Are starting to become big hits. If you have a times twelve, your small hit went from being two dollars to twenty four, and three numbers is way easier to hit than seven. Like I'm saying, right. So if you just keep hitting three and three and three and three by your whatever by your fifth three, you already made a hundred dollars. Right. Where if you didn't have that multiplier, or if you were only uh, betting a dollar, it was only twelve bucks. You literally doubled your money. <clears throat> and so. Uh, you, you got to be real, real, real careful about that. Like I said, it's fun. It's, it's you, you, you want to go out and you want the machine to play with you a little bit. You go out, you want to have some drinks, you want to gamble. I mean, if you sit down and five pushes in, you ate, you hit eight hundred dollars. Just dude, it's sick. Yeah, you won eight hundred dollars, but you didn't even get to play. Yeah, and it's like, but, but that's nice too because then you can. What I always do is I'll usually pocket most of my winnings, mm-hmm. and then I'll take the the rest of the winnings and and play with it. Yeah. If it's quick like that. The worst is when you put in like 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. And then it just goes like that. Yeah. Like there's just there's no fun in it at all cuz yeah. then you're I mean that's part of the thing is it's yeah. it's wanting you to play more. It's all there's so many, you know, there's so many factors and of course. Uh, superstitions you hear from people about different things like oh you was my mom always played said you she's like you always play seven numbers, you never play Never play four, six, ten. You always and play seven numbers. You got to be on this speed. Yeah, in this speed, and you got to be over. The volume's got to be on this level. Yes, there's a bunch of shit like that, and you know you. And sometimes you believe him because, like my buddy Cody, he says, um, this guy said if you 
he plays Zeus all the time. Yeah, I the Ancient Thunder. Yeah, dude, this my buddy Cody. I watched him hit Zeus like ten times in one night. See, I've only ever hit it twice, and it was all it was. I was betting small, so I no, didn't no, he it. max bets he, when you get to that wheel. Oh, dude, every single one's eight hundred. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you bet big, right? So yeah, because he he got in there, and you know you get the option to respin. He, he did it anyway. Might as well. He's every whatever that he went around with that arrow. Every single one was eight hundred. Fuck. And so he and I, <laughs> I was like, did you? Put, he told me about it. I was like, did you push the respin button? He's like, well, fuck yeah, I did. Like, why not? I was yeah. like, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. So that's why. But yeah, I mean, like, you bet big, you also lose big. Yeah. Like I said, you just got to get lucky. That's how it goes. And I've been fortunate enough. Oh fuck! The other last weekend, man, I fucking cashed out for like, I put in. Seven hundred dollars cashed out for like eleven or twelve that night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But if I didn't fucking hit, then that's a lot out. There. That's a lot of money. But now I've almost doubled my money. Right. And so well, that's why they call it gambling. That's why they call it gambling. But like I said, you always got to be. You got to be smart about it. And we weren't. I wouldn't say we. I would say me more. And I should have. I should have analyzed it a little better. But I was like me and my girlfriend don't go out too often. So I, that was my biggest thing. I was just having fun, just being out with her at the casino, having a few drinks. And that was my thing. When we went, we should have left after after Casino 8, I feel like. Yeah. We should have been like, yeah, I have 400, and she was up a little bit, and I was like, we should have just called it a night. Hindsight. But it was er- it was early. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as long like, as you had fun, that's the whole That's thing. what I told her. I'm like, I'm like, listen, we're only down 60 bucks, technically. And I was like, we're only down 60 bucks, and we had a good time. Well, it's like, people go out and do other things and spend money, and and they don't look at it like anything because they were just out having fun well that's what you were doing it's like yeah the big thing but the, the the way you're talking right there that's almost that's uh people would consider that a um an addict's reasoning sure but <laughs> but yeah i guess yeah I, but it, i see what you're we, saying we can say we can sit here and try to justify it all we want but i could say you know it's it's addicting to go out and drink and like buy shots and stuff like that and you're spending oh. 150 dollars in just alcohol yeah i mean yeah that's it a is. lot of money just out the drain. It is, and I feel like a lot of people are just judge. I don't. Here's the thing: only as long my mortgage is paid, my car is paid, utilities are paid, credit cards are paid. I got this money. I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want. It's with just it. a mental game, you know. Exactly. Like, if you if you can mentally be able to say, "Okay, I'm done. I can walk away. I've lost so much. I'm not gonna like keep putting more money mm-hmm. in just to win my money back." Or if it's like, "Oh, I won big." You know, I can step away now and be happy mm. with that. It's it's all a mental game. Or it's yeah. like, I'm, like you said, I'm only willing to spend this amount of money. I won't go over this spending limit because this is expendable money. Yeah. So like I said, you always want to use your, like you said, well, like how much are you willing to lose? It's like, we and her went out. I'm like, well, we're each going to do 100. We lose this 100. We're done. Yeah. It's the same thing. And so I had that 100 left and I'm like, well, this 100's not gone. Right. Which is the whole, I'm just making up excuses to keep gambling because... Right. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. It does get it does get addictive. The problem, the problem, it, it's it's addictive to win. It's addictive to push the button. Just like it's addictive to go out and drink with well, your friends and have and shots. The the light, exactly, and stuff. everything you know, they know how to get you. Yeah. And like, I'm not gonna sit here and deny that it's not addictive. But I mean, there are people that go out there and drop the their whole, whole paycheck yep. in one sitting, and then they don't have rent. Yeah, and th- and they don't have rent. It's like, but that's kind of the thrill of it. I think you know yeah. that's they, they get thrilled. By the idea that they could lose everything, <laughs> and then when they do, yeah. then they're like fucking fucked, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's it. It's it's the thrill of the risk. So what's so what's the what do you think is the fine line for? Do you think? And some people don't say, say there's no 
difference levels in addiction like would you say compared to the guy that sits there and drops his whole paycheck trying to hit whatever or compared to me i was up i started with 100 and i was up 300 dollars. most people would have been like oh fuck i would have cashed out and left yeah like i said we should have but i was i felt like i was in the zone and i could have kept going like i said that's probably just the addictive part probably telling me like making up excuses for me to keep gambling you know what i mean and so I should have I should have walked away, but I knew I wasn't in for like four or five hundred dollars. That's where it gets bad. That's the kind of person I am. If I'm in for like three hundred dollars, I want to keep putting in because I want to try to get the money back. Yeah, and that's where I get fucked. Most people just keep putting it in because they just want to play. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like compared to the guy that loses all of his rent money and his whole paycheck, or compared to me that didn't cash out and walk out with the four hundred I had, it's like are those different levels of addiction or is it the same? I think it's technically the same, but that guy's got more to lose, you know? Like, you have, you could lose that money and still be fine. Yeah. But it's like, that guy's playing with his last dime. Yeah. You know? And and I think maybe you're right, there is a little bit of a difference because he's playing for something. Maybe that guy's playing, like I said, it's the risk of losing it all, mm-hmm. where like, you're just trying to win your money back. Like it's, it might be a different mindset, but it's probably drawn off the same addiction. Exactly. And I was gonna say, and I, and I don't really have an addictive personality. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like I've, I've done pills and coke and shit. Like you know what I mean? Like I've, I've done shit like that before, and it, it just, I don't know how people stay on it. Yeah. I mean, one night's rough enough, man. And I'm like, every single day. Right. And I'm like, holy fuck, how? Well, see, and I, I'm. Remember last time I was hungover with you. Yeah. I'm I'm 15 days dry right now. Oh, no shit. Good for you, man. And I'm not... It's not a plan to be like that. No. Like, no I'm I've, not trying to go sober. It's just a reset. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's it's nice. Like, I feel like it's it's been a nice little cleanse. Yeah. I've done, I've, I've done a couple of those, too, where you take, like, a week or two off. Yeah. yeah. I, I started on the first, and I've just been going... Like, I I'll probably... I don't know. I, I was planning on going the whole month, but... I feel good now. I feel like I've done what I set out to do. Yeah. So maybe like next week I'll I'll have a couple or something. Yeah, whatever you got to do, man. I mean, I don't I've feel- done that before. I mean, dude, when I was on vacation, man, it was like every day, and I was like, I need water. Oh, dude. And after that, I took I, I took I think like two or three weeks off. Yeah, it just it gets nice to not feel miserable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, it's like God, I I I like waking up on a Saturday and not being like wanting to stay in bed till <laughs> two o'clock yep oh fuck that's so funny <laughs> that was me today oh i dude, i get it i've been there you know it's like i just wanted a little bit of a reset oh i just can't believe how bad those white claws fucking got to me well and it it might be i think they are pretty high alcohol they're five percent yeah but i mean and i drink budweiser and that's five percent okay but maybe it just hits you differently because it's, i know and i it this is weird oh. I, I, I haven't felt a hangover like this in a while right and i'm like fuck and it's just like wine, you know. Wine yeah. hits you differently. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I'm never doing that again. What <laughs> is what I'm telling you? Your body might have just processed it differently. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But getting back to gambling and everything like that. Um, yeah, the big, like the biggest rule I can say is just uh, set what you can bet, set what you can lose, and like know when to walk away is the biggest thing. I would never. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest here. There was one night. Where I was a little drunk and I got caught up and I spent my car money, yeah. and my insurance money, uh-huh. and it was tough to go talk to my girlfriend about that. It was super hard, super embarrassing, dude. It was, 
It was rough. Let me well, tell you, you what. You can take that experience and realize, like, dude, I don't I'm, want to feel that again. Dude, I'm not. There's no fucking way. I did it. I, so, like, that guy that spends his whole rent money, if he gets off losing all the money, whatever, that's not for me. I, I sat. It was embarrassing. Oh, and to top it off, I broke my phone that night. Because you were mad? Because I was mad. And, dude, at that point, that was kind of like... Most people's low points, obviously, were way lower than I was at that night. You just It was a bad feeling. Yeah, it was, dude, bad. It doesn't even cover it. It was right. terrible. Dude, I'd never want to feel like that again. I never want to be in that position again. And I made sure it's not going to happen. So when I said we started with that 100 and we lost that 100, we were well, done. I mean, it's like... Just a learning experience. It sucks. You know? as, it sucks as human beings. The best way to learn is to fuck up. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. That's a thing. But, I, I can sit here and tell you, like, just like I said, oh man, don't do that. That sucks. And I can tell you, like, okay, I won't do that. Like, but learn until from you, my experience. yeah, but until you actually do it yourself, you're not gonna. You gotta feel that pain. Yeah, exactly. You gotta feel it, and then it's like, don't slam your hand in that door. I've done it. It sucks. Oh, okay proceeds to slam hand in the door wow why didn't i listen to you that sucks yeah it's like mean, but now that you know no you won't do it again and exactly. i i hate that that's a thing but with um you want to get back to poker is what you want to talk about oh well i mean i just know you like to do the live tables and oh yeah like yeah well like the, tonight uh well i have a buddy coming in from bozeman and so I don't know if we're going to go play poker. We're probably going to go grab beers somewhere else, probably shoot some pool or something like that. Right on. Because um, I don't know if he actually plays poker or not. Uh, if he can, I, I really would like to play some poker tonight. Probably go up to the Gold Dust. I mean, up to Bugsy's or okay. the Gold Dust. I like Bugsy's. It just sucks. It's all the way in the fucking Heights. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's fun. You ever play You ever play live ones? Not at the casinos. No? No. I, I'm just... I don't. I know it well enough. I guess I haven't played recently, so I might be a little, a little rusty. But it's it's intimidating to sit down oh, with I, a bunch of people that is. know what they're doing. It is. It is. I I agree. The first time I went to a live card room, it is intimidating because you see all these old guys. It's like fuck. They've been doing this for years, and like if you don't know your shit, you get embarrassed. Yeah. Dude, when I sat down, I looked at the dealer and said, "Listen, man, this was like my first time at a card room." I'm like, I know how to play, like, some Texas Hold'em, but I, like, I'm confused on the blinds and some of the yes, lingo. Yes, yes, that does confuse me. And I told, I told, I told him, I was like, I'm kind of confused. He's like, don't worry, we'll, we'll help you through it, is what he said. Well, they, the, the dealer wants you there because you're spending money. Yeah. But it's the other guys that you're like, oh. No, but they're helpful, too. Sometimes oh, the, other guys, the other guys are like, when you do this, you got to do that. I'm like, okay, and, you know, you just got to be honest. You just go sit down and tell them, like, hey, this is this and this is that. And it's different. Once you get a general basis... They're across the board the same, but every card room is different. Like, you go to the Crystal, they have a 2-3 blind or something like that. And then you go to the you go to the Red Door, and they have a 2-10 blind. You go up to the Gold Dust, they have a single $5 blind. And then up at the Gold Dust, it's a minimum $2 blind, but you could make it 400 if you wanted. Because, you know, there's a pot. You know, you can only win 800 on a Kino machine. You can only win 800 per pot. At a live poker table. Right. And what I mean per pot is there are side pots. So let's say we had five guys go all in, and it's like, oh, okay, uh, well, uh, one of the guys is all in for this pot, and so this capped at 800. The four other guys got put money into this pot. It's like, okay, that creates a third pot. It's per pot. It just depends on how much money the people have. Right. Because you know what I mean? If you're all in for 800, but this guy next to you has 2,000, and he goes all in, and this guy over here has 2,000 as well, and he goes all in, then they got to split those into different pots. Right. So that's how, that's how that works. But it is it is it is intimidating. But once you get used to it, it's 
it's pretty easy to go. And like you said, if you just get the base, I tell everyone, I'm like, you, uh, you ever play Yahtzee? Yeah, yeah. It's just see, like yeah. See, and I know the hands, and I know I- I'm pretty good at Texas Hold'em. Like Texas yeah. Hold'em, I'm I'm decent at. It's like that's all you really. That's all there really is. You can right. play some Omaha. Yeah. It's like, but I don't like Omaha. Yeah. And if you really want, if you really want to learn, you can go. I think it's either Sundays or Mondays at America. They have quarters, uh, quarter poker. Okay. So twenty bucks, and you only bet by quarters instead of like whole dollar amounts. Sure. That way you can learn, and your money lasts a lot longer. But the problem with limit games, that's the thing. There's a big difference between limit and no limit games. If it's a limit game like two ten or two six, it gets to be. It gets. To, sorry, my foot really itches. Oh, you're good. Uh, it gets to be dangerous because or not dangerous sloppy i like the word sloppy because when you are gambling no limit you can protect your hand so let's say pre-flop your hand you have ace king these joe schmucks over here have two six two eight three seven something like that well in a no limit game you have ace king your odds are pretty good with your hand you want to bet big pre-flop to get those weak hands out yeah See, but that's like that's delving more into poker theory. Well, it just makes like it harder you, to bluff. And it, it, no, it makes it uh, easy. easier to bluff on a no limit. Exactly. If it's limit, then the most if it's two six, the most you can bet six preflop with ace king. Well, these other guys don't care. They went in for a hundred bucks. What's six bucks? Yeah, they're just there to gamble. So two seven, which is statistically the worst hand in poker. It's like I. It's funny. I I always play two seven just because it is statistically the worst hand in poker. Yeah, and I always try to like bluff out on it. Or maybe I'll catch a two or something. I don't know. But I always just play it just for the lulls. And um, these guys, they'll go in with a limit game. They'll go in with all those bad hands. doesn't matter. The only way they'd fold is that you'd have to bet six, the guy after you would have to raise, and the guy after him would have to raise because that would cap out the raises at 18. So then all the other guys ahead of them with the bad hands would now have to put in $18, which is a little more scary than six. But most of them will probably still call because they're bad poker players. So, but you go to a limit game, and let's say someone makes it ten. Why well, have Ace King preflop, and I bet a hundred dollars? Okay, hundred dollars. There's those hands two six three six two eight, whatever nine three. They're gonna fold. They're like fuck. I only went in for a hundred. That's my whole stack on this one hand, and they're they're gonna fold. So you can protect your hand a lot better. That's why that's why I like no limit a little more. But limit poker is good if you're learning and just want to have fun and drink some beers. So that's a big difference. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've always I, I've played like with my friends and stuff like that. And do you, so you still do poker like nights then? Yeah, you get you should come try that sometime, man. I'm down. I'm down. It's every it's every Friday night. We start at seven. It's a tournament style, and that's a good play. We'll help you out too. We play it close to a casino setting. Setting. The only difference is the chip colors are different, and um, we um, actually I think that's the only thing that's different. We do every oh. So you, most of the time, seat one always gets the blind. We draw for the button. Okay. So we fan out the cards. Whoever has the highest card gets the button. Yeah. It's the only thing we do a little different. And you do? Do you do little and big blind? We only we do a single we do a single big blind. Okay. But when we go, so if you go play a tournament tournament, it's a little. You're allowed to buy. There's uh, levels, and so when I went to Vegas and played in a tournament there, you were allowed. There was a total of twelve levels, and you were allowed to lose in the tournament and buy back in before. For the sixth level, oh. so we do something similar where between seven and nine, you can buy back in whenever you want, only sixty dollar limit. But then after nine o'clock, it becomes the tournament and it's single elimination. We switch from a single blind to a small and big blind, and the blinds go up every twenty minutes. 
just like in a real tournament. Right. So we do. So a, what's your buy-in? Buy-in. Uh, the most you can buy-in is twenty to sixty dollars. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. So you get to choose whatever you want to buy-in for. But fuck, I there are some poker nights I've bought in five times. Yeah. So that's what whatever five. That's three hundred dollars. Yeah. But I ended up winning, taking home a thousand. There were a couple of pots there where they were huge. I think the biggest pot we had was like fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it's just fun, dude. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely join in on mm-hmm. you. And like but. I said, you don't have you don't have to feel like obligated to put in the full sixty. But it is different when you have a whole stack. Like, that's what one guy told me. If you go in on a live poker table and you go in just for twenty bucks or forty bucks, you're not probably not going to win. But if you sit down and you put three, four hundred right there in front of you, and you're able to bluff out a little bit more, play a little more, you right. know, right, right. Like it'll, it'll work out a lot better. Yeah, because there were times Tommy, Tommy, he's real good up in the heights. He um, he told us that because he just went and he had an obscene amount. He had like twenty five hundred dollars, and he was just putting in three, four hundred bucks, just bluffing us out. Because that was like I started with a hundred and I was up to like five hundred now. He was betting big, and I had good hands, and I was folding, and he was showing us he was just bluffing on a couple of them a couple of them would have beat him but the fact that he was just so much pressure and so much so aggressive it's just it's intimidating man right and so when you when you when you're talking like poker and like you said you don't know what to do blinds positions stuff like that i mean if you get the if you get the gist of like pairs and what's good in your hand you don't really need to study theory but it helps like the position you're the position you're in the check raise this guy's tells you know what i mean yeah and, Stuff like that. That's like, where it gets more interesting. Exact, exactly. And he's like, okay, well, he, he checked back to me. That big preflop probably has a face card, and there's no face cards out there. It's like maybe he was chasing for a set, got a pocket pair in his hand or something like that. And so that's where you really got to evaluate the situation. Yeah. Especially. Well, and you got to kind of read the table a little bit, yeah. too. Do you just play with one deck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know some places play with multiple deck. Yeah, well, no, we play with one deck, but the one deck can rotate out for a new deck. You can ask for a deck change. Sure. So, and it's all, like I said, it's all about, if you're on the button, like, button's a good spot to be in, because you're the last person to act, and so if you have a good hand, everyone else can do the action, because they don't know what you're going to do, so when it comes down to you, you can bet big, like, a hundred bucks, then you can just watch them all drop like flies, because most of the time, when you go, when you go to the flop, you want to try to be as low-handed as possible. Sure. But that way, you reduce the risk of bad hands catching what they need, mm-hmm. and so most of the time, if you go to the flop, most of the time, it's already heads up, where there's three players that's how you want it. A lot of people say, oh, I don't want to bet big because I don't want everyone to fold their hands because I want to take everyone's money. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't take everyone's money at once. You're probably just going to take one guy's money. That's how that works. It's not you and everyone. It's you and another guy. Right. That's how that works. And it also depends, too. If you're playing nine-handed and you have ace-king you have ace king in your hand, the odds of you say, seeing an ace-king out there are a little higher. But if you're playing heads-up, if you have a pocket pair and heads-up, fuck, you're probably going to win. Yeah. That's just because it's so much harder to see the cards. you got to think about that, too. If there's nine players, each one gets two cards. That's 18 cards out of the deck, out of a 52-card deck. And so that's, what, 34? Yeah. Yeah, so there's 34 cards left in the deck. And then then you burn one and flip three more. And so that's four more. And uh, that's so there's 30 cards left in the deck. And then you got to see the three. It's like so your odds of seeing what you need to see are a little higher than heads up. Because when you go to heads up... There's only only four cards are out of the deck, so yeah. there's 48 cards compared to the 32 I, or the 34 I just said, and so you gotta play the odds. Yeah, you gotta play the odds. You gotta think if you have a pair, heads up, it's probably good. Yeah, I'm telling you, your odds of winning are probably good because that guy probably doesn't have a pair either. I'm like, or if you have like a straight heads up or a fucking three of a kind or a set. You're probably fucking winning. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, was gonna yeah. say, I'm like, those are so hard to get heads up. Well, when you have more people at the table, like 
pairs and three of a kind, uh, you know, that usually ends up being a, a good hand. It's yeah. so hard to get, like, a straight or it is. something, like, really good. It is really good. It's really hard heads up, and when it's when there's nine, like, so when the decks spread out more, it's easier. You can tell which seats are hot, too, like, if seat five's on fire, yeah. seat three, because position matters, too. That's why I always ask for a seat change. So if a couple of guys lose, it's like, oh, I'm going to take that seat, change the cards I'm getting. Uh-huh. And so I feel like that makes a difference. Oh, absolutely. So I've seen it in blackjack too. Yeah, you should come play sometime, man. It's a yeah. whole lot of fun, and we'll Just, we'll help you through it. Like we do, we do the same thing: blinds, button moves, everything like that. Under the gun, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Straddling. Yeah. We, Just we, let me know when you. Every Friday night at seven, or every other Friday night at seven. Okay. Well, I mean, you're still message. in the group, aren't you? I don't think so. The group chat? No, I think I maybe took you out of there. I just think I left it because it was just a lot of stuff. People <laughs> yeah. talking, I was like, ah, I I can't get these notifications anymore. Yeah, well, well, you can you can silence them. Oh, you yeah. can stay in the group and silence them or something okay, like that. Okay. You can set it up to where you only get a notification if someone directly tags you. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yeah, just let me know, man. Now we're getting a little close to the end here, but I do since we're speaking about cards, I do want to talk about because we talked about this last time. Very interesting a world. I'm not very familiar with. Uh, you're really into Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. So. Talk about tell us about that. Like you said, it's a very lucrative industry right now. Yeah, well, it 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 is, and I would I would I would say also say it was because PayPal or Joe Biden's new tax law or something like that says any money that you make through goods and services through PayPal, if you make over six hundred dollars, it has to be reported to the IRS, and so that kind of puts a damper on things because most of that income I was getting. Like, was looking and you didn't have to report it because it wasn't at a certain amount. Sure. And so, but now I have to report it. And so it's like, I'm kind of skeptical to sell because it's like, how bad are the taxes going to be? Right. And so it's like, I don't want to, if I sell $1,000 and you tax me 400 it's like, what was the fucking point? Right. And it's like, it's shitty. But if you send it through friends and services, you know, there's GNS and FNF friend, or friends and family. And so if you send it through friends and family, like, let's say we were roommates i was like hey i need rent money and you sent it to me through paypal you better do it through f and f because if you send it through gns then i'm gonna get taxed on the money that shouldn't even be fucking taxed uh-huh and so it's hard convincing people to use friends and family because gns you're covered there's insurance on it sure because if you don't get your product or we don't get the money or something like that um paypal your money's protected gotcha so i'm fortunate enough that i've sold enough to where I have a pretty good amount of people who know me. And I can be like, hey, like, you know, here's this. It's like, you know, I'm at like 590 on my PayPal now already in the beginning of the year. So it's like, I need to convince people to use friends and family so I can avoid that. So, I mean, this might be incriminating, actually. <laughs> you want me to cut it out? No, it'll be fine. I don't care. I haven't sold anything yet. So, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how it goes. That's why I haven't done it. But yeah, uh, I've made a, I made a, quite a bit of money on it like i bought a truck bought a camper uh made a big payment on my credit card and everything like that reinvest it just like a stock market goes up and down i actually brought some today oh yeah so explain what makes cards more valuable mm, let me see if i have a good example in here this is perfect actually okay and then we have this one. Uh, need to grab a couple more examples here. Right there. There. And there. 
All right. So what makes a card more valuable is a good example here. This card's a rare. You see how it's just shiny in the name? Yeah. So a rare and common. So a common would have nothing on it. That name wouldn't be shiny or anything. Sure. It would just be blank. So a rare is above a common. So rares and commons are easier to come by. Also, super rares are easy to come by. This So this is the same card, but different rarity. Yeah, the pictures. Yeah, the picture pictures foiled, the stars are foiled, and the attributes foiled. Okay. So this super rare, because this, card, this card's hard to come by, because it has, it has low printings. I think the rare is like two or three bucks, but the super rare is like seven. You know, so it's the same card, it's like, but the super rare is worth more. And if you're a guy like me, it's always, um, you always want the highest rarity of stuff. And so it's like, well, the super is the highest rarity, so why would I get the rare? And some people are like, well, I just care what the function of the card does. Like, I want the rare, it's cheaper money. It's like, it's just, it's a, um, you got to be part of the community in order to really understand that aspect of it. Sure. So these cards right here are worth quite a bit. If you, this card right here is an ultimate rare. Okay. Now, if you take it and look at it, you'll see a big difference between this and this. You see how the outli outlining of the cards foiled the pictures a little more? And oh, you, yeah. And if you actually touch it, it's textured. You can touch it. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So that card right there is, I think, $35. That's way cool. I've never seen that before. So that's a big difference. So now that's 35 And this is the exact same card. But this one's a Starlight Astral Rare. So what the Astral means, if you ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh, there was... Oh, fuck, I can't remember which season it was. Anyway, there's an Astral thing. This is Astral Language from the show. Okay. So the, you can actually decipher the card if you had a chart showing what the Astral Language is. And it's a Starlight Rare, so if you look at it... Oh, you got that puppy fully protected. Oh, yeah. Now, if you look at it, you can see this foiling's everywhere, and it's real shiny and glittery. Yeah. See, now that's $500. Damn. So now, the exact this is the exact same card, but this is an ultimate rare. Uh huh. This one's $35. That one's $500, because that one's way harder and way rarer to find. Damn. I've already had, like, five of these. I've only had one of those. Oh, yeah. And I pulled this. I, I pulled this from a pack. Well, and I know like Pokemon cards is really big, Magic cards, all that stuff. Yeah, that's all. It's all exploding, man. This it's, is just the world you're in. Though. Yeah, it's just the world I'm in. And then here's another one. <clears throat> this is just a regular. It's the same Starlight Rare, but it's just in English. Oh, I got you. And that one's like two to three hundred somewhere around there. That card fluctuates quite a bit. So that's the Starlight. I remember you telling me about the Starlight. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then this last one. So the highest rarities of cards you can have are Starlight, this ultimate rare I showed you, and this last one. Take this out of this sleeve because this sleeve I have it in is kind of shitty. This is a ghost rare. Okay, I remember you telling me. Oh, and it's a winged dragon too. Yeah, winged dragon, and it's 3D. If you kind of move it around, you can kind of see the picture pops out at you a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So there's a. The I remember you told me about this too, and that's that's very interesting. Yeah, and that's like two to two fifty, I think. Okay. And so, um, 
but it's like it's always like what makes this card worth more than this one and stuff like that it's like oops honestly those would be hard questions to answer because i even though i'm uh even though i'm in this it's like like how come this starlight rare is worth more than this starlight rare and it's weird because you'd play this card more often than this one. Uh-huh. It's just the fact it's in the astral language. Gotcha. Super hard to pull. Like they're both hard to pull, but this astral language one, I think people just like more because this is a. In all the animes, the characters have ace monsters, like their go-to one they use to win games. The, he was the go-to one in G not GX. Oh God, I don't know. Because I believe it went GX, five Ds with synchro. I think Zexel, I think, was the Exceeds one. And this was his ace monster. Okay. This is what he used to win games. And so that's probably another factor because there's a lot of weebs out there that like the animes and they're like, oh my god. Yeah, right. So, but, uh, yeah, so that's another reason. And like, it's like, oh, this is a ghost rare. This is a really high rarity. Like, how come this isn't just as much as this one? It's like, well, I'm sure the function of it. Yeah, it's like, it's just not a very good card. Well, isn't Wing Dragon, isn't, aren't those, uh, banned? No, no, they're not. God cards aren't banned? No, people just think they're... It's just another anime thing. I got you. They're like, oh, they're so good in the anime, they gotta be good in real life. It's like, they're not. I got you. They even printed out new cards for it, and it's still really not that good. It's it's okay. I mean, there's some cards, if you can get them off, that are nutty. Yeah. It's like, but they're so hard to functionally get off that it's like not even worth it. Right. See, well, after talking to you last time, I still have a bunch of old ones. Oh really? And I went back and looked at, looked through them, and I'm sure I missed a few of them, but I did pull out a couple. Oh, you did. Now, none of these are what you have, but oh, you'll I, be you'll be surprised. I you figured might... I I pulled out a lot of first editions and stuff like that, and just any of them that had shine shiny in them and stuff, just to kind of, I don't know the functions or anything like that. So, and I actually did appraise them, and none of them were worth much. That yeah, last I'll, one though did have this some kind of weird sparkle in it. Yeah, it's just this is a regular secret rare. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, this, that's a secret rare. That's an ultra, 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 ultra. This Swift Gaia might be worth a little bit. Really? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's in decent shape. I think it might be worth like fifteen bucks, huh? something like that. Well, there's an there's an app. Would yeah, you, I looked TCG I, player. Uh huh. Well, let's take a peek again. Just double checking because I know the ultra rare of this is like eighty dollars. Oh, really? Yeah. And which one? That's the, just a rare. Or? Yeah, this is a secret rare. Oh, that one is. Yeah. So Swift Gaia. And I, I might have more that have little value. I just I just kind of went through them quickly. I was looking for the first editions and anything that had foil. Because I kind of remembered you telling me which oh, ones, speed ones, like the hierarchy of them. Mm-hmm. And that last one, like I said, it had a weird thing on it, but it also was kind of just a sh- like not very good card. Mm-hmm. Swift Gaia, gotta keep fucking up. <laughs> there we go. Let's see, common secret rare. Yeah, see, the ultra rare out of the uh, retro pack is uh, worth quite a bit. Let's see, common, common, common. Okay, so this is the only secret printing. Right here. Now you also got to go off condition. Sure. I would probably give yours LP to near mint. So like a damage is eighty three cents and a moderate at least ninety five. Uh-huh. So you kind of want to keep scrolling until you see like the right condition that yours is in. Sure. 
We'll see, we're already on page three. You might get something good here. Um, it's about three bucks. Yeah. See, so that's nothing too bad. Right. I mean, it's more than just what it was. But now, here, now here's the thing. Let's say, um, some decks. There's because Gaia did get some new support. Uh-huh. Let's say it gets another wave of support in the next set, and it just completely breaks, like the deck. Like, oh, it's so fucking good now. That card be worth fifty bucks. Goes up. That's the thing. That's why people buy bulk collections of foils and stuff like that. Sure. Because you don't know what's going to come out. And it's like, oh, shit, this came out. This card's worth this much now. It's like, shit, I have a bunch of bulk foil sitting in over there. Like, I better go look at it. Yeah. So I just hold on to them. It's so interesting that that's... It's kind of like how the, the crypto is now, you know? It's mm-hmm. like... it's it, Like you said, stock market style. Like, the value of it just kind of ebbs and flows. And Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Interesting world. Uh, but uh, I'm ready to call. I got to use the bathroom. No man. worries, man. We're, we're right <laughs> at the end anyway. Before you leave, though, uh, like it, like we did last time, but nobody got to hear it, we'd like to end the episode with a positive or motivational message from the guest. Anything you'd like to say? Uh, just do just do you, man. Just stay in your lane. Do what you got to do. Uh, if it's not your business, stay out of it. And try not to care too much. You know, like I said, it's good to care, but sometimes if you care too much, then it kind of just ruins the rest of your life. So I would just say keep doing you. Don't care what anybody else thinks. Right on, man. I like it. And hope and I and I kept checking it throughout, and it looked like <laughs> saw, we're looks like you. we're good. Okay, good deal. So hopefully this one makes makes the waves. Yeah. <laughs> but appreciate you coming back. Yeah, anytime, man. Thank you very much, and we'll have you back on again too. Okay. Yeah. So, sounds good to me. Thank you all for watching. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, but most importantly, don't forget life's a garden. Mm-hmm. Dig it.